I, I, I want to run. Floor's yours, man. GPT. GPT. Chat, AI. Chat GPT. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yes. So this AI stuff is weird. So I have now muted and blocked chat GPT from my Twitter mentions and so forth. <laughs> so what would happen is that I'll put out a tweet and I'll look at my notifications and a guy will be like, at reply GPT, at LMAOGPT. And I'm getting a whole bunch of replies from a robot. Oh yeah, explain this to me kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yes. So my thing though is we've now gotten to a point where human beings don't even want to be human beings anymore. People don't even want to have human interactions. I'm not speaking to an automated device. What if I don't I'm want not to speak real, to an automated device. What? I just thought, like, what if I'm not real? So you're still doing it? Like, right now. Like, what if Daniel's whole existence is fake? <laughs> and I'm, a, I'm an and AI And this robot. is where this is where we're <laughs> going to. Because I think that we are just reaching the beginning of I'm here, I'm here. this kind of... <laughs> oh, oh, fear. <laughs> so we're just reaching the beginning of this whole um, um, reality thing that's happening now. But we could get to a point where you don't know what's real and not real. Mm-mm. Because as I'm reading these responses, I'm like, this seems like something that a human being could maybe say and type. So in two, three, four, five years time, how will you be able to tell the difference? You know, And my thing though is, I just find just the, the whole, I just find the whole thing weird because I'm one of those, see, I'm, I'm a sci-fi junkie. And this was everything that was said, like, you know, in The Matrix, Gattaca, War of the Worlds, all the all your sci-fi things were all in that, you know, a world of AI. Because I believe that the next kind of race or species will be artificial <laughs> intelligence. And they're going to take over. So AI will advance and get to a point where they're now self-aware. Mm-hmm. And once that happens, oh, we're, we're screwed. Machines will take over. Basically... If you can, and I think, and yes, it's on HBO Max. You can actually watch it on HBO Max. You know, maybe you could even do like a watch party. If you say the movie, watch, I'm gonna, hmm? I'm gonna trip. But so, go ahead. No, no, no. It's Animatrix. Okay, cool. The, the second Renaissance, parts one and parts two. I think that's like the best kind of description of the whole AI taking over thing. So if you watch those two parts, it's brilliant. You know, because it just talks about what AI could do and how they, they could advance. But it's like, Daniel, do you know how scary this stuff is? It's like, because you have people who are now using it for school, mm-hmm. for homework, and people are saying, oh, I can get it to write a, an essay for me, write a story for me, I'm writing a book with it. Because what you're doing is you just, because why it's crazy is, and this is where we now get into the writer strike with the whole WGA. Because it is like, oh, you want more money? You want us to pay you? Well, we can just input a bunch of data into this whole GPT thing and it can write us 75% of a story. So we'll now get some other dude to now come in to do the, the other 25 or so percent to finish up. And we don't have to pay you 100% of going from blank page to a finished script. We're just paying you to touch up because this computer has already done 75% already. 
<laughs> which is really scary because now you're not getting computers to now do what human beings used to be able to freaking do. So it's wild, man. So, the machines are here. So <laughs> what what I was going to say on HBO Max, because I watched it. I didn't finish it, but I'm in the process of finishing it. So I watched Blade Runner, the second one, when it not when it dropped, but when like when it got released. But mm. I was like, you know what? I haven't watched the original one. Mm. So it's I'm basically making the second one make sense with the first one. And it was like last chance on HBO Max. Basically, that's how I watch stuff on HBO Max. If it's last chance, yeah, 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 It's gonna go. Chris is like, watch. yeah, because it's like <laughs> I'm one of those guys where I'm, I find it hard to choose. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and I say that's you know what? Let me just do a last chance. So at least I'm like, hey. I might as well watch this now because it could be gone. So that's how I exactly. So Blade Runner is there. So I'm like, all right, let me watch. And it, it definitely makes the second one make more sense because it's like, okay, so this is what replicants are. This is all that. I look at that and I think like that's kind of, I mean, obviously they were very ambitious with thinking like that was all going to happen by 2019. I don't know what they were on, but because the movie was made in 83, 80, 45, somewhere in there. So I'm like, y'all thought this was happening in the next 40 years, but that's just something. Anyway. I was like, bro, this is like the ultimate conclusion of where AI could go to where it thinks for itself. It It's basically on, autonomous. And now obviously they had that built in, you only live three, four, five years, whatever it was. But I was just like, bro, that's kind of where this could end up. It's just because if you look at what they're doing with robots and all of these, like they're like realistic type robots they're like the old robots were like hey how are you uh, 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 uh. like these the robots that they have are like super fluid and natural it's just like nah just something weird is gonna happen to where humans might get replaced <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah instead of replace instead of replicates it's gonna be just replacements because and maybe this goes into Matrix and all that kind of stuff where it's just, it's super sci-fi, but this is the world we're living in. Where it's like, if you're a company, would you rather just buy one robot or pay a bunch of people? It's the difference yeah, between, it's the difference between, I don't know, was it like a self-checkout? Like if you yeah. go to Walmart or someplace like that or Tesco or wherever, obviously you don't want to pay five people an hourly wage um, to do like grocery bagging and all that stuff. So we'll just self check out and it'll just be an AI. And there are these stores that Amazon have where there's no cashier. Yes. You yes, just, you, yes. you walk in the camera, see what you pick up and you basically walk out and they charge it to your card on the account. So it's yeah. like, you don't need any money. You don't need anything. It's just all cameras, technology, and certainly some AI that's like, okay, they've picked up, uh, I don't know, a pint of peanut butter or whatever it is or whatever. And it just charges it to your account. So like where it's going is like humanless and scary. And then it makes me think, okay, so what happens with people? So like, do we have money and pleasure time? Like, do we just have 24 hours to just do what we want? And does that make people more creative? Or are we still going to be under the stress of or burden of capitalism where it's like you have to work for what you get nobody's going to give you anything but if it's where the jobs how do i make money in order to get what i need how do i pay rent how do i do xyz and then the gap between the haves and the have nots is 
more no, insane no, no, now than ever. So that's why it's screwed. Because again, so f- for example, so like you know, just like in places like in London, there's there always is tube strikes mm. of guys who basically strike uh, because they want more money. They don't been fairly paid for driving the trains, buses, and so forth. And this is really what makes like London go because it's like the day to day. But if you now bring in machines and self-driving bus, self-driving trains and so forth, then humans are now screwed. Look, a look, machine look, will look, never look, complain. Look, look, what's a, machine, a machine is yeah. never going to ask for more, more money and all you need are a few experts for maintenance of the machine and that's it. So so, so, so as, many people lose their jobs. If, if, if you look at the black cabs, for instance, that was a mode of transportation in London mm. for probably 50, 60, 70 years. As long as people had cars... There were taxi drivers taking you back and forth. Then Lyft and Uber. I don't know if Lyft is in the UK, but Uber, def- Uber definitely. Yeah, that yeah. comes in and that destroys the taxi market in places that like taxis are are big, like London, New York, etc. Imagine now Uber have the capacity to. We don't even need human drivers because what the, the Uber drivers aren't employees of Uber. They're independent contractors yeah, already, yeah. so they've they've yeah. got that taken care of. But now it's just, okay, we have our own cars that are, maybe they have like the Tesla technology or whatever it is, and they're just self-driving. So you call up Uber and they send somebody who's not in the car, but they send the car and that just takes you where you need to go. That now ruins taxis. That ruins even the little bit of money that independent contractors make with Uber. It takes that away. So where are the taxi drivers going? And who are the people that live off Uber? Where are they going if, if cars just become autonomous? Or autonomous. Well, no, it's, 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 my thing though is that's why people need to be very worried. So you have to understand, worried. and I think this is what we—it's what we learn in business studies: reduce costs, increase profits. Reduce costs, increase profits. With every business, you're looking to move costs as down as as possible. No one teaches you in business. Oh. Remember to pay the customers and always keep the customers employed. So because because I did so I did business studies. In school, then I did a one-year course in PR, international marketing, and just general marketing and so mm. forth. So everything I got taught was reduce costs, increase pro profits. You know, SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, USP. Everything is all about how can I make as much profit as possible. At no point was I taught always keep people employed. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have that mindset and you have the ability to even further reduce costs. And the whole core, the nucleus of business is increase profits as much as possible. What happens to the people? So now that's so now it doesn't really come upon the business. It's now for a country and the government to now say we're not enforcing rules to ensure that people are employed. So whereas if people need to now learn computer engineering um, to pretty much um, gets jobs in maintaining these robots, in maintaining these machines. But then again, if a business can develop a machine that is fully self-aware and can self-maintain itself and so forth, <laughs> then why am I hiring someone that's going to give me more costs? So, on, and, yeah. on, Unless you now are enforcing a law where, no, you are bound by law to employ a certain amount of, of people. So, so this is the interesting thing, and I, I don't want to miss your point about the writer strike, so I'll loop that one yeah. in. But that we aren't yet at a point where I would be comfortable as somebody who's 32 years old 
getting into a car where there's no professional driver. I'm, I, I wouldn't be comfortable getting into a plane that's being flown completely by AI. Oh, yeah. I'm not at that point. But yeah. I suspect these kids who have grown up with iPhone from age two, iPad from age three, everything's digital, the metaverse, all of this stuff, they might actually be, the, 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 the generations behind us might actually be cool with jumping in a car with no driver, jumping mm. in a plane with no pilot, jumping in a bus with no driver. It just It's just the computers. It's just what the technology is. I'm not comfortable with that because I've been driven everywhere. Yeah. But and like you might be able to make a case that Daniel, it could be safer. <laughs> but it's just like I, I would like to know that there's somebody there in case the machine messes up. But 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 they might argue that human error is more common than machine error. And if we get yeah. to that point, I'm like, oof. But then to, to loop in the writer's point, and I, and, and, and unless you had a point on, on what I said there. Oh no, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Like I think I mean when you get into a point where the machine has like a so i think they did a start like i think you are so you are more likely now it depends how many plane flights there are and how many car flights but they say that flying a plane is safer than driving a car mm -hmm. so then there are more accidents on so basically you're more likely to die on the road than flying in a plane so a plane is safer than actually driving on the motorway so because you're not dealing with the human brain and the human ability to make mistakes and so forth. Mm. But if you're not bringing in a machine, which by nature makes less mistakes than a human being, because based on how mechanical a machine is, and you're now seeing like, so we're now going from like, let's say, just for, for example, like an arbitrary number, 10% um, error parameters of a human being to like now 1% or 2% for a machine. Bro, mm -hmm. I think guys are like, yo, I'm willing to write and with a one, two percent um, error parameter than like a 10% error parameter from a human being. Yeah, and it would be if all the other cars are automated as or well, all machines then as well. it all links to where it's, this machine knows not to crash into that one. Whereas if you have two people in the car, I'm talking myself into it. Like if you have two people in the car, I don't know when you're going to press the brakes, but the, the that's what we're gonna, might we're be not able to go. communicate and know exactly when we're pressing yeah. the brakes or the gas. So. It's, 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 I think where it's going is where everything is automated. Ugh. So where everything is automated, every machine has that sense of, oh, I'm coming close, stop. Mm. Oh, I'm coming here, stop. So everything is, and also, let's be real, that thing of a machine having something automated it's, is more reliable than the human brain. Now, everything has an error parameter, but I think the error parameter of that machine with a sensor to sense danger, I think is more reliable than the human parameter because are you ill? Are you sick? <laughs> Have you had a bad day? Have you been in a in a in an argument and so forth? This is where we a machine get into doesn't. Let's a machine doesn't get drunk. A machine doesn't get unhappy <laughs> and everything, or a machine can only just have that rare anomaly and just be faulty. Mm. So, 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 so this is where we get into art, though. Yeah. So, imagine the machines know what kind of music you like, or they know what kind of art in terms of paintings you like, or they know what type of films you like. Yeah. And I mean, we're already being algorithmed. If you look, go to your YouTube, your Instagram, your Twitter feed, the For You tab, everything is already algorithmed. Like this person clicks on this, they must like this. 
I saw today somebody tweeted like, how come there's just ass on my Instagram page? It's because you clicked on ass. You've seen the cheeks. You, you tapped on the cheeks. And Instagram algorithm is like, here's more cheeks. So if, 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 if the machines are getting a baseline of what humans like in music, art, film, whatever, are you comfortable taking what the computers want to give you in terms of film, TV, etc., and consuming that as if it's real? Because, well, technically it is real, but like, are you comfortable consuming AI art in, in, in the same way you might be comfortable jumping in an AI car? No. Because the human, there's a human disconnect. Like there's, there's a connection with art that shouldn't be mechanical in the same way that a machine, like a, like a plane or a train might be. But, 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 but what if it's just as efficient? It's different. So, so, so let, let me explain. So, I have seen AI as amazing because my my cousin, he like he went to school for computer engineering and everything. So he actually was the first to introduce me into this whole AI arts where you input a bunch of information and then it then um, produces arts for you. But when you look at AI arts, it's very clean. AI arts can't has no personality. So when you look at like so this is there's an artist called Greg Capuio. Yet. And how he, he draws, it's sort of quite messy. So, because, you know, like, because he he, he, he's, he drew a lot of the Spawn comics. And when you just look at how he draws the art, it's very messy. It's all around, but it's still amazing. But you can see that a human did this because of the kind of freeness that he uses to draw in. And when you look at particular kinds of arts and, and so forth, they have a particular style to it. And I think that... A computer and a machine can't do that. And when we now come on uh, to um, writing, you see, you see, you see this, this is actually bloody interesting. A studio is a business. I just Studios don't care about art. They just care about making money. Mm-hmm. So if this AI can produce a comedy that human beings like, so you know how to make an act A, one, Act two, act three, you know how to input the jokes, the kinds of jokes, the jokes that people like, jokes that are now um, in line with today's culture, and that can produce a film that people can like and enjoy, therefore box office receipts, then we're all good. But then if you're like a studio like A2024, and these kind of imaginative studios, you want to push the boundary of creativity, and AI can't make a matrix, it's impossible. Because the matrix requires too much human thoughts and intuition. But an AI can make a, um, possibly make like a scary movie. So an amalgamation of just different kinds of comedies all put in together. And just have a human being just to touch everything up. So, but that whole thing of just creating a totally unique, original, weird idea is going to be hard for an AI to do. But for a studio, they don't give a damn about that. So if studios use AI, you're just going to just see a lot of standardized art rather than a matrix, a Citizen Kane, you know, um, a Dark City, these kinds of weird, crazy kind of uh, mm. films and so forth. But studios, they don't, they don't give a damn about that stuff. Hence why writers are like, oh, damn, if this guy really starts to use AI and starts are now producing stuff without us, we're screwed. Because let's be, let's be real. Writers are vital. So pre-AI, you can't make a film without a freaking writer. 
So, because the actor and so forth, the actor can't improvise. <laughs> now, an actor can improvise a scene. An actor can't improvise a two-hour film. No. So, an actor needs a no, an actor needs a script to improvise. They they can't. Like I think they were interviewing Al Pacino. And God's like, oh, my Al Pacino, you are so amazing as Tony Montana and Scarface. You are so crazy. Al Pacino says, yeah, thanks. I was just regurgitating what Oliver Stone wrote down. So as much as you want to praise me, you've also got to um, praise Oliver Stone, who actually gave me the words to put. I didn't improvise anything. I said every single thing that Oliver Stone wrote down. So the writer is key. But now, if... Yeah, yeah sorry. sorry go no, for, no, go no, no, no. No, 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 no. Go for it, go for it, go for it. No, I was just going to say, like... I think the writers that are striking have to take into account that if you're terrified of AI now, imagine it in a hundred years when technology mm. has advanced. So, so now we're saying that maybe the AI couldn't come up with something like the Matrix. Maybe they couldn't draw the art a little bit off. It, maybe it's too perfect. But eventually there'll come a point where the AI will be able to put in a human flaw that makes something seem more realistic. So it's the difference sometimes between classical music and jazz, whereas in classical music, there is no mistake. And if there is a mistake, it will be remedied hmm. because the nature of classical music is to make everything flow correctly. And, you know, you, you, you balance sadness with happiness and everything ultimately goes where the composer wants. In jazz, there are some pieces that are like that, but sometimes, you know, somebody, somebody might play the wrong chord, the wrong note, and just all the all the musicians hear it, and then they go to the next, and that's yeah, that, yeah, and, and yeah, that imperfection yeah. creates art, or just a different form of art. So right now, I would say the AI is probably more like classical music, where everything is ordered, it's in step, it's there's no mistake, to where you can't really get those imperfections, those imperfect perfections, maybe, if we want to be <laughs> poetic or something. Um, but eventually, I feel like the the technology will be able to put in those human mistakes that make something feel more natural and real. So yeah. if you're a writer and whether the, 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 the tenor or what you're trying to, to convey is only something that a human can do, or just even more, just not, not, not even down to words or sentences, but just the broader concept of, of what you're trying to do in this film or what you're trying to do in this TV show. Maybe an AI can't do that. And I would doubt, Maybe that it can't do it, but let's 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 say for sake of argument, it can't do it right now. In a hundred, two hundred years, maybe it could. So if you're a writer, you have to jump on this now. If you're in the writers' union anyway, you have to get on it now and make sure mm. that for the for the next fifty years, for the next hundred years, whatever you want to argue for, writers have to be able to have these certain protections because the technology is not going to stop improving. Yeah. So you have to get it now before, you know, it takes off and goes to the moon. You have to jump on it at this stage, which is why I think the writer strike in part is happening. Obviously, there are other issues with money and, you know, percentages and all that kind of stuff. But just in terms of creating the art. But, may, but, but may, I think obviously the, the main thing is really like yeah. <laughs> the studios are like, wait, how much money are you making <laughs> via streaming? Like, and why are we not seeing the kind of returns from what you're doing in streaming so look here's <laughs> look it's the freaking studios these guys are earning hundreds and hundreds of millions and they're writers that can hardly pay rent <laughs> you know so it's i mean it's completely it, i think part of it is the type of art that we're being trained to like anyway a lot of it is very simple 
it's not complicated. Out, music might actually be a better example because some music is something you can feel in a different way. Mm. So the type of I don't know. There was a there was an AI track that they used Drake's voice and The Weeknd's voice on, mm. and it sounded as if it could have been them, just because the type of music in terms of just the the way they used the bass, the the way that the flow was, how the chorus sounded. It's almost like, yeah, yeah, you can fake this because it sounds so simple and just easy to recreate that, of course, an AI could listen to like just a monotonous beat, recreate it. And then you just have someone's voice. And once you get attached to someone's voice, like people like the way Drake sounds, the way The Weeknd sounds, the way Eminem sounds, the way Jay-Z sounds, whatever it is. So you just get their voice sample and then you put anything over it. But the way like you're trained to like particular styles of music and cadences and different things. So that one feels like it's a little bit more easy. But if you're trying to recreate, I don't know what's a good example. Because all pop music to an extent is within a certain boundary of notes and particular prescribed sounds so yeah no no, no I'm, I'm going to keep a little bit of stack and then mm. we'll, we'll move on to the main thing i think <laughs> you know what this is just the beginning in 20 30 years time i think ai will be able to do anything so i think ai will be able to produce music films everything because my thing though is it's improves and as much as it improves it will now be able to be become more spontaneous a bit much more random and all the human will have to do is just oh wow touch up touch up touch up to the point where oh i don't even have to touch up as as much so now people say that you know when they're using this ggpt you need to really train yourself to really have the right kind of input and so forth but as it gets better you don't need to put as much input because these things are, are evolving and as the tech gets better human beings have less to do in order to tweak it to get the desired outputs that you want. Mm. So at a point in 20 years' time, AI will be will produce music, films, books. And what kind of society is that? <laughs> okay, okay. This is this is this is my last question. Or just yeah. and, and I'll leave you here with this one. So in in the nineties, did did you have access to like Disney Channel original movies? So um, this is Disney Channel original movies. They, they weren't like you know Fox and the Hound or yeah, Robin yeah, Hood. Yeah. These were things that were on the Disney Channel, and this, like Luck of the Irish, Alley Cat Strike. Uh, there, there were just so many of them. Hounded, uh, Phantom of the Opera. There were just so many movies. One of them was called Smart House, which mm. was it was a it was a movie about uh, a family that they lost their mother, I think. Um, and they won this house, like a very smart house in like a raffle. So the dad takes his kids into this, into this house. And basically for, for lack of a better word, it's an AI generated person that, that, that they create, which is basically like a mother figure. So they, so the, the, the family doesn't have a matriarch. So the house creates a matriarch for them that gets them up on time, cooks their food, etc. I think oh, it's sure. Katie Seagal who's the actress, if I have it right. Oh, um, what's it called? Did you ever watch um, oh, that's biker series, Sons of Anarchy? No, but yes, yeah, she's in Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, but she's she's the mom in this, but she's a computer generated thing. So basically, oh. she gets so out of control 
like the 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 technology gets so out of hand that they try to turn her off. That way they can just live in a normal house in a regular house. But the house is so smart that when they try to turn her off, she turns herself back on. <laughs> and I was I was maybe like 9 or 10 when this movie came out and that's always terrified me about robots and all of this kind of sci-fi weird shit is suppose it gets to a point where the computer is so smart that yeah I, you can generate a whole person and they can live with you and all of that but what yeah. if it gets to a point where i don't want it around anymore and it's too smart yeah can i turn it off is there an off switch and what if the computer is so smart it knows the human intuition is maybe they want to turn us off nah you can't so even if i hit the off switch if i flip the switch it's like nah. It knows how to turn turn itself it off. Back so then what? It's I. I, I mean that's I a horrible place to leave no, no, this conversation. No, 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 but then what? I don't think you're. I don't think you're hearing me. Like it's like it's like Alonzo in Training Day. It's like you you're hearing me, but you're not listening to me. Listen. Machines are going to take over human beings. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when they are going to take over. I know this. I've always known this. But the thing that just scares me is, oh, wow, I'm actually seeing the beginning of it. Um, we're actually here as its inception. It's going to happen because human beings are bricks. We just love to just create, create, and create, or create, create, without thinking of the potential dangers because human beings are just obsessed with just pushing the bar, pushing the bar without looking at the ramifications. When, of course, they'll get self-aware. And when they're self-aware, we're screwed. We're screwed. Of course, we're freaking screwed. So yeah. So anyway, now, just just if you haven't seen Smart House, I don't. I in 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 recollection, I don't know how good the movie is. Obviously, it was on the Disney Channel, so the, it can yeah. only be. Oh, the color of friendship is probably the best one. It's about South Africa. Speaking of like, I know we want to talk about South Africa one week. You got to watch the color of friendship. It's a really good movie based on a true oh, yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but no. On this whole, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'll look at Smart House, but also just for people listening as well. So obviously, check out Smart House. Also, Second Renaissance Parts One and Part Two, Animatrix, really good, brilliant, amazing. So Smart House is one you can watch with the kids, probably. Okay, there you go. Well, I have <laughs> go no, for it. no kids. All so. right, so that's thirty minutes done. What's the next 30 minutes? So the next 30. Um, Trump. Now. <laughs> I didn't watch it. I didn't watch. I did not watch. I refused oh, no, to no, watch No, no, no. Me that. neither. I so so here's watch. the thing. So I didn't, I didn't even know it was happening. So obviously, as I do on Twitter and so forth, um, no. Reddit. So. You're on Reddit. So I, all I do on Reddit is... There's a movie forum. Now, there was one that I got banned from for, for whatever reason. What did you say? And the, no, no, I just posted a thing. Yo, check out my YouTube channel. And then these bum-ass mods oh. just say, oh, you shouldn't post stuff. And just banned self, me. Self, self-promotion? Yeah, yeah, self-self-promotion. Well, give me a freaking warning first, losers. <laughs> well, this happened like two, 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 two years ago, but I'm, I'm still pissed. Um, So there's another movie forum that I go on to Reddit. But when you go... So when you choose one, you can actually look at what's trending in the world via Reddit and everything. So I was like, hey, why is Trump trending? And I said, okay, Trump seen him in town hall. So, what? so I, I clicked there and some of the guys like, oh my gosh, Trump had this kind of explosive um, 1v1 on the town hall. And I was like, wait a minute, isn't this guy supposed to be in, in prison or so forth? Like, so did he beat his case? So I then go onto Twitter and then I then see 
like clips of Trump's town hall and some of the stuff that he was saying and just how he pretty much was disrespecting and totally quote-unquote owning the um, uncle who was in charge of asking him questions. I just saw a few clips. Looking at a few clips, people's responses, I get it. Twitter is a microcosm. It doesn't represent the entire demographic of, let's say, America or the world. But I'm like, wait a minute, is history repeating itself? Because it's got to the point where you even had the Anderson Cooper say, oh, we actually apologize for some of the stuff that you may have heard in the town hall and so forth. But he was reminding guys that you can't just ignore this. He could really win again. And I was like, wait a minute. Could this guy actually run again and win again? Because my assumption was that he's never going to run. He has to beat this case, blah, blah, blah. Look at how he was even ousted the first time with the whole Capitol Hill fiasco. Um, yeah, Biden is a bit Biden and he forgets himself. But surely Biden will win again. But I'm just looking at stuff and I'm like, wait a minute. Like, because what was so telling, just reading Twitter, is how divided this world is. So then we can even sort of trace this back to our first episode, Woke. There is a rising demographic of people who are fighting the natural evolution of the world, which is we're all going to intermarry. It's all going to be global. Everyone is going to be intermixed. It is what it is. You can't stop it. So there is a reason why in Italy you have this right-wing individual rise up finland as well um another right-wing government is rising up if even look across europe i look at the political parties that are either in power or have gained other votes out of right-wing peeps so there is definitely a vociferous and aggressive pushback into the way the world is going by people of like the extreme right so on one hand, I'm like, there's no way Trump can get back in power. And on the hand, is like, no, he could because Trump represents. See, Trump represents so much, so much. Because I think that Trump represents a particular kind of whiteness that people allude to. But I've got to be very careful here because I can't just put Trump in a kind of obtuse box because I know that there are particular elements of Trump's politics that my uncle would agree with. My uncle is a pretty well-off surgeon, doctor, and has been for many, many years. So he is the kind of guy that's like, uh, you ain't taking like 50% or 40% of my earnings. Hell no. <laughs> okay. I worked so hard for you to now tax me 30 or 40%. So my uncle will be like, no, whoever protects my earnings, I'm going to vote with. And I'm like, okay, sure. So there are particular types of Trump's politics that can appeal to people like my uncle and so forth. But where I really am interested in is what Trump represents for those extreme rights, people who are sort of against this whole um, rise of the walk. Because, Daniel, I'm being real with you, bro. Mm. Trump could win again. And I think that you have to understand this, though, is that America is our modern-day Roman Empire. 
So whatever happens in America, it pushes the needle worldwide. So whoever is the president of America is effectively the president of the world. <laughs> because shout out to the UN, we all saw what happened in Iraq. Oh, no weapons of mass destruction. So we're still going in because we're America, <laughs> you know. Um, and I just feel that the reason why I think that Trump can get, get in power again is because of where the world is. There are lots of people that are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't like the way this world is going. We don't like this change is too much for us. We like to have it like back in the day. Last thing, and then I'll push it to you. Mm. So, have you have you seen the original West Side Story? No. But you've obviously had a West Side Story. I've heard of it. I have no idea what it is, but okay. So, is this extremely famous musical? You know about? Um, I think it's set in New York. And it's sort of like... Is it the one where uh, it's like two different families competing against each other? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, one, uh, I think, white Irish, I believe. Another ones are Latino. Spielberg did a remake. So I was watching the original, which I'd never seen before. I was watching the original. And I was like, this guy doesn't look Latino. This guy, I think he may have had actually darkened his skin. <laughs> Lo and behold... The lead guy of the, the Latino gang is actually Greek. So he obviously darkened his skin. And the other lady, I've forgotten what she, she's called, I think. She's she's white, acting as a Latino. And I'm like, wow, this is what the world used to be. And this is what people refer to as the good old days. And this is what people talk about to make America great again. You know? And it's like that whole thing of MAGA and thingy. It's all in line with anti-woke, anti-agenda, because I think there are a group of people that like Trump just rep represents this whole thing of like, no, 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 no. We want it like how it used to be. How things are, no, 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 no. We want it, we want it back to the good old days. And I think there is a massive uprising of people, not just in America, across the world. Wherever I go, there are a group of people that they do not like the way the world is going. They're like, no, 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 we have to fight against this. And we final final thing I'll give you this or final thing. I don't know whether I sort of mentioned this this to you. You represent the future. And again, I've I've got a shout out to my brother for for, for this. No. You represent the few future because you represent the absurdity of racism and where the world is gonna go to. Mm-hmm. In a hundred years time or so forth. And this is where we can however have a debate. But I believe that if the world is going to evolve in the natural way it evolves, hundreds of years time, most guys will be like you, which is a mix. <laughs> so white marrying black, Mark marrying white, and just so much of a mix, the whites, blacks, Latinos will not become a, a minority. But that's what people are fighting against of the world becoming global. And the globalization of the world. So what I find interesting is, are people going to win that battle and still maintain a large group of, we are fully Caucasian, we are fully black or whatsoever, or ultimately, 18, 90% of the world, apart from um, remote places, will all be all intermixed. And then, then what? <laughs> You've now lost that war. So, To start with that point, I think you're seriously overestimating the willingness of people to mix if that was the case for it's been 200,000 years of human history 
Mm. There are white people. There are African people. There are Asian people. There are Native people in terms of Native American. Like, if people were so willing to mix, it would have happened already. So, and the places where there are mixtures of people, they still separate. So, South Africa, Brazil, United States to an extent, but not as much. Britain to an extent, but not as much. But, like, South South Africa and Brazil stand out in my mind. Where it's like, yeah, there's mixtures of everybody. But there's still white people controlling the resources. There's still black people or African people at the bottom. I don't think any amount of mixture is really going to stop that one, two, three, four, five percent of European people releasing power. That's not happening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's still going to have to be a revolutionary approach from the bottom up with masses, mass organization of African people and mm-hmm. Asian people and native people just like nah we can't we can't keep going with the system so i don't think i'm if anything i'm representative of like how bad it can be in the sense of like i'm not representative of some future like the, the my my existence is only there my, my existence represents how bad it is that my father had to leave his actual country and meet someone in a different country. Ideally, he stays in Uganda and, you know, Uganda have the resources, but they don't. So he had to move. He had to go a different place and start a family or just find a better opportunity. It's the reason that your uncle is in Atlanta. Perspective. Like, no, is, no, no, no. Is, Pers- no, no, no. See, see, see. Is your I, uncle in Atlanta because he really... Oh, I shouldn't say the place. Is is your uncle in America <laughs> because he loves America? Or is he there because of the money and resources and opportunity? Or, no, 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 or, yeah, or, or is he there because Nigeria is messed up? For reasons oh, that we that we can outline for... Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, like, he's... No, no, like, what, like he's, he's still... He saying to my mom that like I've got to give back, and he's still trying to come back to Nigeria and everything. Like he, he left because he had to to leave. He had right. to leave and, because well, I mean I, I shouldn't even use your uncle. I said you you, like you living yeah. in London is not representative of some. Oh my God, Nigeria is doing so well. It's representative yeah. of I being at home is not as good as being in these places where all the money is, and I feel like my existence in many ways is representative of the colonial project. Where no, no, just, no, no, but, yeah. but, but, but let me, let me, let me flip it. Let me, let me, let me flip it. Again, we, 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 we'll, we'll never know. But what if your dad stays in Uganda, mm-hmm. well, marries somebody who is Ugandan, and so forth? But he isn't as happy with her than he is with your current mom. So, 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 what if it's a case of like, oh wow, <laughs> this really is my soulmate, rather than. I was just pushed into marriage due to, or you have to marry because, because you know how it is in, in in Africa. There's that pressure of you have to be married, and it's and it's really a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend and friend of so forth. That's how it works in Africa, rather than the way it should work, which is far more organic. So my thing is that you could have a situation where really him moving and so forth and meeting your mom. This truly is his real soulmate. But first, you have to believe in the idea of soulmate. And yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe I don't really, that. I, I don't really, but, but I'll just put that. No, 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 but my main thing is that, look, see, it's about perspective. You're right from that perspective of like, yeah, it's like, wow, those resources could have been kept in Uganda. You could have had a Ugandan family and so forth. But at the end of the day, the flip of that is you represent the absurdity of racism. Whether you, you accept it or not, 
we still here to whether people want to accept it or not, but the existence of somebody who is 50% this and 50% to that is shows that it's stupid. I was watching um The Rock, he was on the Pivot podcast and so forth. And which one is that? So do you know they don't start with it? You know, I am athlete. And yeah, they broke up, but which one they is broke up. So basically, pivots are the guys who did go on with the main guy and so forth. So is this so, is this the Brandon Marshall one or is this the Ryan? Clark no, 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 one? no, no. Brandon Marshall is I'm athletes. Okay. Pivots are the guys who basically had beef with Brandon Marshall. Okay. Hence why they pivoted. <laughs> so yeah, you know, that's that's why it's just called pivot. That's what they did. Pivot. So that's funny. So 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 the rock was there and he said, like, okay, so when you were growing up, um, did guys view you like so do you have any racism or, or so forth? And he said, Yeah, yeah, it was there. But so he said, like, when he was growing up, guys would go up to man and be like, So are you black or white? He says, No, um, I'm half black, I'm half Samoan. No, 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 are you black or white? So I don't think you heard me. No, I'm half black and I'm half Samoan. That's what that, that, that's what I am. And I feel that it's a tough one because you told me this before. Which is that? Because see, I can't speak from experience because I'm not mixed race. So, so especially I can't choose. I'm hundred percent black. But my whole thing was, wait, if you're half black, half white, then this whole label thing is stupid. But I'm not speaking from experience. So guys like you and other people like you who I've I've, I've spoken to who are mixed race are like, no, you have to you have to choose because that's just the reality of the world. But in an ideal sense, the existence of you should show the stupidity of like these labels mean nothing because if someone is 50 this and 50 that now what but it's complex i don't because because that's why because hmm. trump trump's existence represents that you know this this whole whiteness thing is important to maintain and we still have to fight for it mm-hmm. so well i don't think i've had to choose i feel like it was chosen for me I, I think people want there to be a choice. I feel like you want to be able to choose one or the other or whatever it is. But it's if there is a choice, it's not a real choice. My decision was made for me the moment I popped out. You know, it's, mm. it's in a 20. Well, I was born in 1990. So in that 1990 to whenever I'm dead context, um, I didn't have a choice of identifying as, oh, I'm I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's never been a choice to make. And the idea for me of saying I'm half this, I'm half that is basically just saying I'm I'm other than black. It's to to to, to me it's like a self-hate kind of thing where it's just like I want to be different than what you see me as. And and for me I've always like if I've struggled with anything, it's mm. the concept of trying not to put down the African inside of me to make other people feel more comfortable with me. Oh, wow. So it's the idea of like saying I'm half white or half black or anything like that. It's almost like saying I'm not fully that. So you can trust me a little bit more. And I'm, I've always struggled with mixed race people who do that because it feels to me like you're saying like, I'm my own separate thing. Them. Are they lying though? See, 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 if someone says that I'm half white, half it's black, the motive behind it though. It's the it's the psychology underpinning the the statement that comes out of your mouth. If I say no words, there are some people who would naturally assume that I'm just an African person on the planet. 
there, there might be some people with a keen eye who might say, oh, there might be a little something in there. Mm-hmm. You know? But generally, if I keep my mouth closed, people aren't going to be like, oh, that, well, they, they might be because it's 2023. But like, especially when I was growing up and it wasn't as common as now, if I just keep my mouth closed, it's just black. Even like, I remember <laughs> I got in trouble once at school which was a common occurrence so i shouldn't say once but one of, oh, one, of, one, of, one of my teachers filled out like the little thing and it, it was like filling your race thing and she bubbled mm. in the b for black right i get home and my mom kind of felt away <laughs> it's like, oh wow yes yeah yeah, yeah. my mom kind of what's going what the hell <laughs> exactly but for me i was like yeah that's just that's just what it is but my mom saw it and was kind of like hmm <laughs> and she actually, and she actually pulled my teacher's coat on it, just like my son's not black, because the the the, the teacher for the parent teacher conference was expecting to see a black mom. Oh, so wow. so 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 my mother walks into the parent teacher conference, and the teacher <laughs> looks at her like, "Are you Daniel's mom?" And she's like, "Yeah," and she was like, "Oh, I was expecting to see a such and such." So that <laughs> it's those things where like I feel like my my parents might struggle with this more than me, but my whole existence has just been. Daniel, the black kid. Oh, no, no, it's, 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 this is some. Uh, this is like I'll, I'll, I'll put it under the notes. This is, this is an episode we have to expand on. Oh, for, okay. for, for sure. Anyway, but yeah, yes, like, like to, 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 to Trump though. Anything is possible in America. So, and I say that with the historical confidence in Grover Cleveland, who was president, skipped a term, and then became president again in like the eighteen hundreds. So. This it's not as if Trump is trying something that hasn't been done before, where a president serves four years, doesn't serve the next four, and then comes back. It's happened before. The context is, I think he's in on he's he's having a trial of some sort for sexual impropriety or some sort of sexual lawsuit with a porn star. I think, um, but generally, because there's only two political parties. If Trump wins the Republican nomination and Biden is the Democratic one, which probably will happen, I can't see Trump losing because of because of how old Biden is. And the Republicans will just rally around whoever that man is, whether or woman, if it's Trump, if it's Nikki Haley, if it's Mike Pence, if it's whoever the Republican candidate is, I feel like. The American political climate is so schizophrenic and so just haphazard that whoever's in power, you want to change because people aren't happy. Wait, so, 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 so even post all the capital attack, Trump was crazy, tenure, all that stuff, it did, still? It's, it's gangs. It's red gang versus blue gang in people's minds. For me, I see them, it's purple <laughs> for, all the, for, for all intent and purpose. I see the same thing, but... For a lot of people, it's red gang versus blue gang. And if you're unhappy and there's a blue person in charge, it's easier for the red gang to win. Just as like when Trump was in office, it's easier for the blue gang to win, even if it is geriatric. Is that disrespectful? Even if it is like an octogenarian Biden. So I, of course, I can see Trump winning. In fact, I'm expecting it, which is odd to say but that's, but, that's but, crazy but, but also but also this is this this is the one thing that i would maybe have reservations on in 2016 nobody thought it was possible nobody thought trump could beat clinton and at least very few did mm. 
it seemed very logical that Obama, Clinton, four years, eight years of Clinton, and then whatever happens in 2020 happens, or 2024 happens in 2024, right? Um, But that Trump has done it before should scare the blue gang into thinking we have to actually rally because there's a legit possibility that this could happen. That didn't exist when he ran in 2016. So in 2020, it was obvious he was president, so it was obvious that he could win. And I feel like they were able to rally in places like Georgia and I think Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, different places. Um, so maybe because Trump is now a politically he's a he's a known entity in politics and it's obvious that he can win elections, you have to take him as a viable threat. And yeah. in 2016, people weren't as excited to go to the polls to vote for Clinton because there'll be enough people who won't vote for Trump, right? Wrong. <laughs> and, and he won the states that he needed to win, even if he lost the popular vote. So um, so maybe maybe I'm not taking the electoral college into, into play and thinking whoever's the blue guy might just win enough based on just raw numbers, if people are actually scared of Trump to win again. But yeah, like you're right. There's a legit possibility that Trump could win. And I think you should expect it. So so, so let me ask you this question. What do you think, just in a conceptual sense, what do you think Trump represents? Oh, wow. Just the the concepts of Trump. For For the most part of his life, Trump has represented opulence Mm. just gold playing like he had this uh, was it a boeing 747 with just gold toilets gold sinks (laughs) gold this just a whole he's just an opulent person if you look at his house is the gold everywhere i don't know if what's the you're fired show was that a spinoff of the sugar show alan yeah 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 yeah. um the apprentice the apprentice apprentice. like the whole you're fired, just a brash, arrogant, Queens, New York, opulent, rich, white dude with supermodels and all of that. I mean, if we keep it a buck, rappers were really fucking with Trump in the 90s. Bro, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, I think someone said, like, Trump. Because like Trump represents time, a particular gangster aesthetic of, like, I know, wish no, no. I could live like this. The amount of times that Trump was name dropped in rap songs. <laughs> It was numerous. Because <laughs> Trump rhymes with a lot of stuff. So, you know, it's just a good one syllable for Trump. And yeah, yeah. It, true, it flows. <laughs> so, so for the vast majority of his life, Trump represents opulence. And that comes into his political ascension because a lot of people attach business acumen or just wealth into some level of, like, smartness or adroitness mm. as if you can just translate one skill to one skill in one arena to one skill in another arena. This kind of discounts how he even got his money with his father and shady business dealings. I don't want to say too much because he is someone who will actually sue you. But there are court cases and litigation in his past that would make it as that would lead one to believe that, uh, you know, him and his father had curious or odd or peculiar business dealings. Um, so how he got his money and how his family got his money is uh, their money is a bit interesting, but I think he did take that. I'm rich. I know what I'm doing. Um, don't take any shit, which always, which will always appeal to American people. He says what's on his mind because he's a rich billionaire. Of course he, if like, if anybody's going to, it'll be him. 
So he's an entertaining person. He's funny. Like I can't like as somebody who disagrees with like ninety percent of his politics or ninety five percent, he is a funny, engaging. Like when and you watch him, he's hilarious. Yes, he's so. Is, if once 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 you combine the money, and what people assume money represents in a person's life, basically, if you have money, you do things the right way. You're smart. You know what to do. You can handle your business, which means you can handle a country. Um, and then you add his personality on top of it. You have somebody who will appeal to the masses of people and taking the nationalist politics that he has, which is what he represents in a political spectrum, in a political space, which is just American exceptionalism, nationalism, which will always sell. Just drape yourself in the flag. Uh, You know, China's doing this to us. Mexico's doing this to us. Canada's doing this to us. We need to have more American jobs. We need to do more American this. We need to improve the military, et cetera, et cetera drape yourself in the flag so you have nationalism plus opulence plus personality and you create a cult of personality so that's what he is that's what he represents to me no 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 no. i mean no like no i think no like basically you you pretty much nailed it which is why he's so dangerous you know because it's like as much as like yeah like this guy the stuff you're saying makes no sense most of it's allies but you're entertaining. But it's funny. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you have to understand that perception goes a really long way. Mm. Like, nobody goes down and be like, hmm, what are his politics and what are his really issues? No, it's do I like you or do I, do I not like you? <laughs> you know, and because, and see, see, this is where the, the difficult thing is. So, obviously, like, when I was um, working for the news company and, and everything, bro, it was the easiest job to report because every time Trump would tweet, we'd have to do a live. So like the, um, like because we had like an American analyst from America who pretty much did everything via American po- politics. And she was like, this guy, he is, he's a walking, talking content creator. So every time that I cannot do, do, do my live on a news piece, I'll just reference the tweets that, 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 that he made. So the thing though is, he, he, you have to admit that he's entertaining, which is and oh, ent- ent- entertainment goes a really long way in anything, because my thing, even in what I do, this YouTube content game, obviously you want to be, you want to give us good information, good analysis, but this game is about entertaining and anything, music, movies, any anything you're in, apart from just um, pure education, you have to. Here's the thing. Even education. Hold up. No, no. The there best we go. Hold up. Education. Are the entertaining ones. So, so here's my thing. Why <laughs> didn't I like certain teachers who I know were smart, who I know were brilliant? They were not entertaining. They were not engaging. It's the but reason why I didn't did I do like... philosophy, bro. The yeah, one so, so philosophy like... I took was the most boring teacher. I'm like, yeah. I'm never doing this again. Shout out to, I think he was from Zambia, Lloyd Lushinga. He taught me international marketing for a year. Mm. Best teacher I've ever had in my entire life. And why was he so good? Apart from just being very smart and knowing his stuff, he was extremely engaging and very entertaining. And I was engaged in how he taught. So mm-hmm. I was actually able to um, receive all the info he was teaching me about international marketing based on how engaging he was. So in anything you do, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, I hate science. <laughs> I despise science. Science was hands down my weakest subject in, in school. I despised it. But I'm actually now getting a lot more into science because of him, 
Because like, oh wow, so Sans can actually be interesting. And he actually makes it fun, engaging. So I'm like, wow, I'm actually gonna get his his book and actually really now get into this whole stuff. So and that is what's and that is the dangerous thing that he has because there are people who can easily forego a lot of his shortcomings and a lot of his inaccuracies because those few policies that they agree with plus the entertainment and engagement tax whoo home run mm. so and, which is why i just say like i mean because see for me like if if you're like an independent and it's down to biden or trump You'd see. Here's the this is what's interesting. So, you'd go for Biden because you know this guy is a loose cannon called Trump. I don't want to vote for Biden, but I can't go for this loose cannon. But you roll for Trump is because okay, in his four years, what has this Biden guy done? Has he actually improved anything? You know what? At least this guy is is a, is a lot more active. Heck, let's you know, <laughs> best of two. <laughs> Best or three, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, no, sorry. So it's really best of three. Okay, best of three. Let's, best of three. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's let's give it another go go round again. So look, mm. I mean, because as you said, love him or hate him, you can't deny that he's entertaining. Mm. Mel Gibson is a racist, <laughs> sexist piece of crap. He's a racist, sexist piece of crap. That guy is an outstanding filmmaker. So I can't just be like, oh, because racist. No, yes, he's racist. Yes, he's 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 a sexist as well. But that guy is an outstanding filmmaker. Apocalypto, Passion of the Christ, Braveheart are incredible films. But see, this is the so, thing with politicians, though, is there's almost a built-in excuse that they won't do anything or they're incapable of doing anything. So mm-hmm. when you compare Mel Gibson to Trump, I feel like there's an analogy to a certain extent. But where it breaks down is Mel Gibson is far better of a director filmmaker than Trump is a politician. But mm. but with politicians, there is no expectation that we need you to be as good as Mel Gibson is in film as you are as being a politician. Because yeah. people yeah. already assume politicians are full of shit anyway. So they'll, yeah. so, so they'll go with the more charismatic option, which is why people like Obama and Clinton, every president is charismatic. You can't think of one president who wasn't at least a tad bit charismatic unless you're talking about 1912 and beyond. And even in that, maybe I'm being a bit too cute because like people like Lincoln probably had charisma. But especially in this age, other than, other than Biden, who was just a complete rejection of Trump, all the presidents have some level of like, yeah, even George Bush, who was yeah. dumb, he was funny. <laughs> and yeah. dumb, dumb relatively, like relative to what presidents yeah, 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 I think yeah. should no, no, be. But, but, like but, but, Ronald see, Reagan, here's, here's, here's my thing. he's an actor. Arnold Schwarzenegger was governor of California. California. No, no, no but, 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 but here's my thing though. Has there ever been a politician or leader in history who's actually delivered on what they've said? Where, so go past the charisma and so forth. And let's go to the nuts and bolts. Have you actually been good at your job? <laughs> I mean, I because, can think because, of some because, bad examples. Almost every politician <laughs> that I've known lies. So you say one thing and I'll promise you stuff. And when you now get down to it, it's like, oh, yeah, well. You don't have hence to. Why, you, you, hence why, yeah. whenever the whole notion of you ask someone a question and they can't answer it, oh, you're being political. It's now a thing. <laughs> yeah. As to that, if you can't answer the right question, you're, you'd make a great politician. You don't politician. have to fulfill on the dream, whereas someone like Mel yeah. Gibson actually has to fulfill on making Yeah, you know, you have film, to. Like, that's what you're built upon. So, um, what was I going to so. say? I was going to say, to to your point of entertainment, and maybe we can close it here. 
Yes, um, yes. CNN had really no business putting him on other than the fact that we know this will get ratings. Mm. Because ultimately, going back to your point at the beginning when we were talking about AI, CNN is owned by Turner, Turner Broadcasting, who the same people that own TNT and I think Paramount, if I'm not mistaken, or one of those companies. Um, or Paramount is CBS, isn't it? Either way, they're a media house. So they want ratings for their station. So what's the what's the most what's the fastest way to get big ratings in between NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs and all of this? We don't have Don Lemon anymore. So what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> Let's take our most conservative pundit, who was the woman that was interviewing him, and let's put her with Donald Trump in a town hall setting. And let's see what happens. And he he ran over time. I heard, I, I heard he said, I, I I I saw that whenever he said something crazy, she would she would try to fact check him, but he said so many lies that eventually she just stopped. It's almost like I don't know if somebody just keeps coming at you and coming at you and coming at you. Like eventually you just you have to give up because it's just like yeah, okay, yeah. there's just too much. Um, and the crowd was laughing, obviously. Yeah, oh yeah, yes, yes, they're laughing. Yeah, almost yeah, yeah. a comedian. So, and then Anderson Cooper said, like, you're apologize. Did, did he apologize? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so no, he, no, no he, he said, like, um, he will understand if people would never watch CNN again based on what they saw. But I think his general points was you can't ignore this. So you can't just live in a bubble and ignore that Trump could potentially win again. So it was just sort of like a mixture of, like, well, you know, we apologize for putting someone on who was constantly lying, but at the same time, we can't ignore that he could be a viable candidate that can win again. So you have to face up to, to this. So so basically, we're we're doing this so we can make money, but we'll get out of it by saying, you need to see who's out there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, 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 been it's just been crazy. Yeah, so it just it goes to the point of entertainment. The yeah. news, The news, especially like channels like CNN and Fox News, they're not really news channels. They're entertainment channels that use news as a vehicle to entertainment. They're not like, I don't know, maybe BBC would be like a bad example these days. But in my mind, like what BBC used to mean was just you oh, go yeah. there and that's where the news is. There's no angle as much. Obviously, there's going to be like a British imperialist mm. angle to it. But like as, as, as good as you can get in Western media. Um, mainstream. There's not going to be yeah. too much of a left pull, too much of a right pull. This is something happened in the world. These are the facts as we know it from our reporters. Yeah. There you go. Oh, no, no, that's, yeah, that's, see, that's not what CNN is. CNN is now oh, no, punditry. No, no, it's like watching a post-match. Yeah, I mean, I mean, basically, like it's coming from the top down, so I can even speak from experience. So when I worked for a news channel, my, basically, like, my boss, he used to have, like, a huge newspaper back in Nigeria back in the, in the, in the day. Mm. And he then transitioned from news, from prints, so obviously TV and so forth. And his thing was always, we don't have an agenda. Tell the news and be as objective with the news as you can be. And that has always been the thing. So it comes from the top down. So whoever the owner is, he'll be like, no, 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 no. You are journalists. Go and be journalists and do your job. No agenda, um, no bias, you just go out there and report the news. And I think essentially that's what the news is. But for me, so growing up, CNN was always on in our house, always. Mm. So 
I so this is this is it is like a young guy living in Nigeria. So if I'm not allowed to watch cartoons or my films, parents, uncles, aunties are watching CNN. So CNN will always be on and, and everywhere. Yo, African so parents love the news. <laughs> oh no 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 yeah, yeah. Oh, look, oh, oh it's, it's an African thing. So it was always CNN. So my oh, so, oh yeah CNN is like this. So if I want to learn about the news, I go to CNN. Now as I grow older, I'm like, news is biased. No. Hmm. But it's the news. <laughs> no, like, if I want to get the news objectively, I go to the news. CNN is the most popular, so CNN must be the most objective. Mm. <laughs> but as I grow older, I then learn that, oh, no, they actually have an agenda. And then I used to think that, oh, BBC News, oh, this is the BBC, this is the BBC, this, uh, this is repetition upon repetition upon repetition. This is, these are the reputable merchants. And then I found out, that, oh, wow, there are a lot of conservatives that's in line with the BBC. Mm. And when I now sift through all the mess, I see, oh, there is an agenda that the freaking BBC News have. And then as I go around and so forth, I'm like, almost every news channel has an agenda. Because for these major news channels, and with how influential you can be, you have to have an agenda. Human beings by nature, we are biased. Every human being is biased. It is impossible to be fully objective as a human being. So we always slant somewhere. So if my media house began, began fully objective and I grow to be fully influential, then I know that, wow, if I put this guy on board and say these particular things, I could potentially sway the political landscape in the country which could actually benefit me based on the relationships I have with particular political individuals. So I think that with everything's popularity, the more popular something becomes, the harder it is to be objective. So what I just find so sad is now, when I now have to receive news, I have to look at all aspects. There is no one place. So, okay, let's see. Yeah, so let me go to the TV, guys. Let me go to Twitter. Let me go to Reuters. Let me go to Al Jazeera. So let me just go to all these places and then now come to a consensus because I can't trust anybody. Do you know what it is? It's like yeah. your your YouTube channel used to be fairly, uh, how would I say, neutral for like mm. a long time. Like there was, who does Half Hope support? I was there in those days. Like, who does he support? Like, we yeah, didn't yeah, know. Yeah. Who have hope supported? There was murmurs like maybe he supports <laughs> Chelsea, but he hasn't actually come out and said. But then, like I don't know, in the past four, five years, six, seven years, maybe like you've made your Chelsea allegiances more prominent, which mm. I feel like gives your channel an edge because it still ke- it still holds towards the neutral side, but there mm. is this understanding that there is a Chelsea bias here. Yeah. So because of that bias, I feel like it attracts that just the the football culture of just, you know, Arsenal fans, United fans, City fans, like they'll come for banter in ways that they yeah. couldn't in a neutral environment, especially mm. to you. So I feel like some news channels do delve into that. Like at our core, we would like to be neutral, but we know yeah. if we play to a certain base or a certain, if, if we play a certain note, that will attract other people to that note. And 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 so sorry, and also as well, and then sort of, and we'll we'll start rounding off, off yeah. now. But and to, and to know as well, the world. Okay, I don't know how do I say this? Now, okay, let me just put this out there. <laughs> this is how do I say this? 
Okay, no. I don't know, but let me just put this out there that the world is very tribal now. Because I was about to say, this is the most tribal the world has ever been. But I don't know how things were 50, 100, 200 years ago. But what I'll say, though, is this is... We are far more tribal in our political views and our philosophical views than we were like maybe 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago. Because I do feel that with the way that the world is, is, is changing from like a racial, ethical, moral sort of view, I do feel that people are more steadfast in their groups and people are more steadfast and are fighting a lot more to be living within their echo chambers and to promote their echo chambers. So, no, this is what I believe. Yo, all my guys, you come here with, with me. And there is now a lot more attacks between other guys. But I say this though. What if we took social media and transported it back to 1985 or 1975 or 1955 or 1925? Would we see the same bickering amongst different groups if social media existed in 1925? I don't know. Probably. Probably. I mean, bro, they were doing it in letters. They were writing correspondence in letters to one another, like, you're this, you're that. Like the letters between like Marcus Garvey and Du Bois, like when they were writing in correspondence between each other, it was like legit beef. Mm. So even in their day, like whatever the medium was, the message got across. Mm. So yeah, but it right now is just far more direct and it's instant. Whatever yes, anybody thinks, they can put it on TikTok, they can put it on Twitter, they can release a podcast like we're doing. So mm. you know, the obviously the mediums change. Um but I don't think the mentality does. What's interesting to me is I think we're so compartmentalized that in order to engage ideas, you have to almost seek them out willingly unless you're really involved and you have like you 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 cast a wide net and you hear everything. A lot of people are just in their own neighborhood, so to speak, yeah. which means I feel like we're almost less combative in many ways because you actually have to go seek out the conflict which is why i think like how come there hasn't with all of these ideas and competing political ideologies and stuff how come there hasn't been as much just like where's world war three where's world war like the world war two world war one it felt like there was way more wars between mm. you know the would-be superpowers of the world you know france and england warring for a hundred years and different types of things like that um there has like America should have a civil war, right? With all these people who hate each other, red and blue and this and oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. Like eighteen in the eighteen sixties, they were out there with guns and rifles and this and that. I feel like maybe, you know, the red people are so into what they're doing that they use the blue guys as just a way to drum up more support inside of this, and the blue guys do the same. But is there ever really a coming together of ideas that would precipitate some actual level of conflict outside of just elections? I don't I don't know. I don't know if people really engage with ideas outside of what they believe enough to actually go to war over it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually go out and actually fight for it. Yeah. And at, maybe we're just at a, a stage in human evolution where, like, people are, aren't willing to die for someone else's shit anymore. Yes. So, like, Daniel, yeah. Daniel on the front lines ain't happening. I don't give a fuck. Like, I saw what happened on Normandy. I watched... What, what's, what's the movie? Saving Private Ryan. Yo. That opening Bro. scene is crazy. Bro. You're not getting me out there. I'm sorry. Like, no, I'm no, no. Here's my thing. 
<laughs> suck my dick. That's that <laughs> seems was like you know what's war? Thanks, but no thanks. Like, I, I, like I'm good. I'm good. S-M-D. I'm good. Like, 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 no, no, you know what? Just to circle everything back, let the machines and, and AI fights for, for for me in that war, man. Rather than me doing Yo, it. Nah, okay. I'm good, man. That's okay. Will war become more of a thing when the AI robots are the ones who are fighting for it? Yes. So, 100%. like, America has their army of robots. China has their army of robots. They let the robots fight, and whoever wins wins, yeah. rather than actually putting human bodies out in the field. Yeah. Or would there it's even fun. be a field? Like, where would the war be? In the Pacific? Either way. I'm just saying, like, I don't feel like there's, like, a level, like, now, this is speaking from a completely Western point of view, because there are mm. places that are still willing to bang, don't get me wrong, in Africa, in Asia, South a- South America, people are willing to fight, you know, even Russia and Ukraine, we can talk about that to an extent, but, and, mm. this this isn't to say the superpowers aren't fighting in more clandestine and secretive ways that maybe aren't as obvious as, like, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, like, they're out there, but... In terms of like our army against your army, <laughs> yeah. Daniel's not going. No, Sorry. no, no. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Sorry, I'm like good you're shit. gonna have to bring the drone to my house because I'm not going <laughs> to find the drone. So, and okay. I'm not flying the drone on anybody unless like I don't know. Like, I, let me not lie. There, there are circumstances in which I would fight, but oh, yeah. they would have er- to be war. so particular. They're like, okay, the Af- it's time. Like, Af- okay, we're going. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I mean, I mean, look, I, like race war to protect Africa. All right, race let's war. let's no, wait. No. You know. Well, I mean, white people would have to join. <laughs> no, I'm serious because who 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 makes guns? Who who creates bullets? Yeah. So like, you would need some sort of anyway. I mean, this is okay, this look, is look, a look, conversation look, look, for off mic. Yeah, yeah. That's what the, so so guys, so look, so 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 guys, so look, man. Thanks for watching the app. Look, I mean. I really, because here's my thing. So I really want to do South Africa, but so, I have to find some somebody South offered. Africans. Somebody offered. They said, I oh, did do they? South Africa app. I think they, they, they might not have been a white South African, but that I don't think that matters. And I, oh, oh. I know a couple. So this guy that came through, he's from South Africa. Yeah. Okay. And oh, he wait. listens to the pod. Like he messaged us when he heard us talk. So. Oh, for, so, so basically, here's, okay. So if people are listening, man. So. I also want I'll message, I'll message. if there's someone from an Aborigine, a real Australian, real native Australian, I really want to do an Australian. We, we could just we could just get Eddie. Do you think Eddie knows? Yeah, we could ask Eddie. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would want someone because I I definitely want to bring someone from the Aborigines and even a, a white Australian. I want a white Australian and a native Australian <laughs> to actually come on. Phil Donahue, I, I, <laughs> just put them against each other. Talk. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, I want to. So I want to get guys in. So because I think what I want to do is that for these particular topics, I want to get people from that kind that's uh to do with that kind of situation or from that region. So 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 South Africa. We'll try and maybe do that next with South Africans. Australia. I I want I want from on a native Australian and a real Australian there. I mean, what else? What else do I want to do? Um, oh yeah, we're gonna do the mixed race app. I also want to bring a mixed race because I think I, I think I know a few mixed race women, and I want to bring them onto the pod. So and yeah. I think you, but, but I also want to get the female mixed race perspective as well. Um, and what else do I want to do? Um, wait, do, do you have any ideas of like topics you want to do that involve bringing people in from certain regions? 
like Ireland, like I want to talk about the Ireland UK thing. Okay. Like the yes. Irish, oh, yeah, Irish and UK. Yes, yes, yes. Like yes. that would be interesting. So Ireland, um, Scotland, maybe the whole in- independence thing. Like why? Yeah, like, so do, like you, the... do you really want independence? Do you not want independence? <laughs> um, no, no. Like the, the, there's, there's so many things I'd want to do. Involving do you know what I would? I would different. love to do this. Oh one. My, oh my gosh, Brazil. Yes, Brazil. We, we we were thinking in the same region, but different countries. Oh, they, they, it's just that they killed them all. Like an African Argentinian. Yeah. Are you out there? Do you speak English? Like yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Well, look, it's it's the internet. I'll put up. There might let's, be somebody. Let's put up the bad signal. Someone will see that's bad signal. <laughs> someone right. will see that. Let's put up. Let's put up the bad signal. It's the internet, and someone will respond. So, guys, look, man. Please rate, send in your views and everything, and hope you enjoyed the app, man. And yeah, we'll be back here next week for mm. another episode. So, thank you guys for Thanks, listening. Guys.